Blog Talk Radio. Crazy winter, uh, fluctuating temperatures and everything. But anyway, good evening. This is Scott Burks. I'm the uh, creator of the Clown Times, the sports blog. And this is the uh, podcast component called the Clown Hour. That's Clown Spell K, by the way. You'll be able to find me on the web at www.theclowntimes.net. And you'll be able to find me on Facebook as well. Just have a little fun at the state of Georgia's expense. More on that in a moment. Um, and anyway, but go to uh, Facebook. And, and the search one in the upper left-hand corner, type in the Clown Times. Again, it's Clown Slipper K. You can find me there as well. Lots to get to tonight on, on a rather nice evening in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, we're going to talk about the college football playoff national championship, which includes uh, Nick Saban's legacy of where he's at in the pantheon of great college coaches. Basically, is he better than uh, Bear Bryant, the legendary Bear Bryant? As well as the – we didn't touch on this last week, but the – the Bill Belichick v. Tom Brady slash Robert Kraft hissy fit going on in New England right now, as well as previewing a little bit of the NFL divisional round. Uh, so to do that, bring back my old partner, y'all know him from uh, Sleazy Sports every Tuesday night here on Blog Talk Radio, as well as excuse me, the, the sports blog, the yard slash HBCU Sports, where he reps about all things HBCU Sports. The one and only, Dwayne Nash, making his triumphant return after a week hiatus. <laughs> What's going on, Wayne? How you doing, sir? First Merry New Year. You know, this is the first time I've had an opportunity to speak to you on this side of 2018. Um, right. It, 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 it's funny that you said a week hiatus. I, that's kind of how it felt. It felt like it was a hiatus. That's what we didn't feel like. You know, I... I wanted to right. talk to you about the Bills, but I understand because you had your Bills fans on there, which was oh, hey, yeah. they they, they brought it better than I would have been able to in terms of discussing the Bills. But um, you know, uh, it, it's cool, it's cool. But it, this has been a rough past couple of days. Uh, I, I think I've cried all my tears out at, at this moment. Uh, for those, <laughs> you know, for, for, for those who don't know, you know. Uh, Guys, man, I forgot his name already. Rob Broadway announced his retirement on Monday at A and T. That's right, yeah. Let's do so, A and T coach. Yes. Yeah. So what a way to go out. Rough... What's that? It's what a what a way to go out though. Finish the season undefeated, wearing the celebration bowl of a story program in Grambling. Help a way to yeah, go out, man. You know, 
not not just that, you know, it, it actually A&T currently holds the longest win streak in FCS football right now at 12. And if you think about his career just real quick, um, he comes yep. to a program at A&T um, back in 2009, if I remember correctly. The school was actually then holding the longest losing streak in the nation. And that's an all football yeah. at 27. You know, he comes in, turns the program around, and now has the longest win streak. It's just, it's just been a, a tale of, of, of two schools, if you will, from where he started mm-hmm. to where he ends the program. And the irony that he ends this season by defeating the last two programs where he coached before he came to A&T, that being North Carolina Central and Grambling, in succession in the order in which he coached at those programs. So, you know, 39 mm. years of coaching, which includes, if I remember correctly, five uh, uh, <clears throat> black national football titles and one national title while being a D-line coach at, uh, at Florida under um, mm. Steve Spurrier. So, you know, for those wow. who are familiar with, with uh, uh, Broadway, he has oh, a combined coach. 39 years of coaching under his belt, man. So it was time for him to go. I understand he's tired. He looked tired, and he just wanted to spend time with the grandkids. <laughs> I'm not mad at him. Yeah, I can't mad at him either. Especially the way he went on. He went on top. That's the hell of a way to go out. Go on top. Yes. Uh, John Elway did it. Um, yeah. Jerome Bettis did it. And yeah. now Coach Broadway did it. Great for him. Yes. Great for him. Props to him. Speaking of uh, Buffalo Bills, we're going to get to the, N- the NFL players later on the show, but want to touch on, speaking of college, brother, the, we're going back to college, the national championship game. Remember when all mm. those folks said, why the hell is Alabama involved in the field? Why did the, the committee give them a pass? Why did they give Nick Saban a, a lifeline? Well, you saw why. <laughs> you see, <laughs> you see why the last two weeks. Uh, basically, Alabama took out vengeance on Clemson, which is now the mm-hmm. new nemesis, can't believe that as well as coming from behind against a, a Georgia team that's, that's, that's pretty much on the rise. That's going to be here to stay for a while, I think, uh, yeah. under Kirby Smart, a former assistant, a saving assistant, I should say. But how about the way they came from behind, they being the, out the Crimson Tide? Down 13 to nothing at halftime. Jalen Hurts, star quarterback, completed only, I think, three of eight his passes. Three, three, yeah. three passes for 21 yards, 2.6 yards yep. per attempt. It was something to that effect, <laughs> and, yeah. And, and it, yeah, and, and then Nick Saban, I mean, basically, watch the first half. Alabama was getting out by Georgia. Georgia took, the, took it to them. They were mixing up running pass. When they really did run the ball, those, that, that running back, woo-wee. Not, not Nick Chubb, uh, but the other guy. Michelle, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Michelle, yeah, I just can't remember what his name is. Michelle, yeah. yeah, yeah, but he, woo, he broke up some nice runs, man. So did Michelle, sorry. And Georgia just did whatever the hell they wanted to with Alabama in the first half. The score should have been much worse than 13 Yeah. Half. And then they made some ball moves. He went with a true freshman. Yeah. Tua, and I'm trying to pronounce his last name, probably going to butcher it, Tua Taco for Vi- Viola. Well, hell, he's going to be known henceforth as WT. Some of us But, man, but Tua, young Tua, man, 
He came in the second half, threw three touchdown passes, threw a bad pick, terrible pick. Could have should have mm-hmm. two, two, three more, two like two more picks. But nevertheless, dude came in, played under control, played with poise. You wouldn't know he was a true freshman. Not and as a result, as a result, he helped them get the overtime and bailed out their silly kicker. Shannon Shaw called him uh, what crazy legs or something like that. And uh, <laughs> because he blew a chip shot, got a lot of those college kickers. And you knew after like uh, 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 like Georgia got their score in overtime, like a field goal. You knew how bad one goes up a field goal because one day they didn't trust the kicker. And secondly, yeah. but the way it happened, that long that when he when when that kid took that sack, put it back on the forty one yeah. yard line. Yeah. And then he just threw a dime into a cover two. A cover two. Normally, you know, I mean, what, what I mean, first of all, I mean, there's so many things wrong, but I'll, I'll go to you in, in a second because I have more things to say about how poorly Georgia played on defense on that one play. But I just wanted to use this time to say props to Nick Saban for what, doing what – just thinking outside the box. That's that's what he does best. He outfoxes other cats and to, uh, you know at, at you know at the risk of outfoxing himself. But mm-hmm. he knows what he's doing. I mean, I mean, he did the onside kick against Clemson the first time around, won the national championship two years ago, and now bringing in a true freshman that stunned Georgia because obviously they did not prepare for him. And you know, I mean, the stuff is is. This is stuff of legends, man. But let me just get get your thoughts on the uh, national championship, right? Right, quick before I unleash on Georgia's lack of defense in the second half. <laughs> now it's interesting that you pointed out that it was cover two. I didn't realize that, but yes. they always say if you're going to attack cover two, you attack it in the middle, and, and for right. that to be uh, available to him, the play immediately after that sack, when that sack happened, I thought they were done. I said, okay, so, yeah. you know, at best, they may get in the field goal range, you know, and I don't even trust them kicking field goal. I don't know if you saw me post this after after that kick or not or on Twitter. I was asleep. <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, if you look at all of the bowl games played in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, that includes the Celebration yes. Bowl and the Peach Bowl, field goal right. kickers have been a combined 9 of 16 in that stadium. And the, and the kickers that kick under 100%, those teams run, oddly enough. Go figure. But it, it just seemed like for whatever reason, you know, the, one kicker out of the other was having a problem in, in that dome. And I'm still trying to figure out if it's the, the newness of the glass or what, but it just happened to be that the other kickers didn't have that problem. But you know, like you said, uh, uh, Georgia wasn't able to to um, suppress the tour, but I was expecting him to come in and make freshman mistakes. Like that, that first mm. interception that he threw, I said, uh-oh, this yeah. might be the final collapse because he did yeah. take him on that drive to score that first touchdown. But after that, right. when I noticed that he was capable of, of creating additional drives, I said this game might get a little bit more interesting than what Georgia wants it to. Now, the thing that concerned yeah. me about Georgia, it wasn't just the fact of their, their inability to play defense, but the fact that they let their foot off the gas in that game yeah. offensively 
And you don't do that. I don't care who you're playing against. But let alone play against a conference foe. Man, if you don't go here and beat them bandits into the dirt, just, just go ahead. Nobody, the world would not have mind if Georgia would have attempted to run up the score on Alabama, if possible. But it seemed like they just decided not to, not to, uh, they play conservatively and hope that the clock would run out or hope that the uh, the freshman would make mistakes. And the the one guy who I kind of feel bad about in this situation, man, because he basically lost his job, is, is Jalen Hurt. You know, will he be able to stay at yeah. Alabama? You know, of course, your social media he's has a way of, of – What's that? He's not getting that job back. He's not getting that no, job back. No, he's not getting it back. He's, not, he's not getting it back. This, this, this is this – double T – Double T is the is is the Samoan version of Russell Wilson. He's not getting that job back. He, yeah, he's, he's just not, not getting that back. It's too bad, but he's not getting it that job. But but uh, but uh, go ahead. But you know, social media has a way of kicking you while you're down, and I don't know if necessarily mm. this is a kick because oddly enough, I said this after the game. Uh, you know, there was a, a tweet that went around that said, and I quote the next quarterback at Tuskegee, Jalen Hurt. That's a wow. <laughs> Ironically enough, I don't see that as being too far-fetched in terms of him transferring. I don't know if it'll be at an HBCU, but I don't doubt it being at an HBCU because, of course, his brother did play at Texas Southern for his four years mm-hmm. and then graduated last year. And it's just something about guys coming over from the SEC, moving over to the SWAC. We saw it with Devontae Kincaid. If Hurt wants to change mm-hmm. his way, he won't have to sit out. But that's if he's willing to transfer. But if he wants to go ahead and, and sit on that bench and uh, get more national titles, I'm not mad at him either for that. But, you know, I, I just went back right. to him because he, he played extremely well as a freshman himself. But one of the yes, things I did question was his, you know, his ability to, 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 to lead a team with his arm. And it showed again right. on on Monday. And it can't. And you know there was a, was one play where, and, 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 you know one one of the things I did enjoy about the like what ESPN's done with the college football playoff national championship is they mm-hmm. have different points of view. Like on ESPN, obviously they you know they had the real feet. Now yeah. on ESPN two, they had it from the sidelines. Like they had like stars. And a former, like, well, NFL stars or whatever from those from or celebrities from those schools competing on the yeah. sidelines, like giving their two cents. While you see the game in the, I guess in the one that like, I guess is in the on the left side of the screen, they show whoever on one sideline on the top right, the other sideline on the bottom right. But I was watching the coaches' feed mm. from the coaches' film room. That is awesome watching coaches give their, their two cents from their points of view. And, like, mm-hmm. what, what, what happens is while they have the real action going on in the upper left-hand corner and in the, on the right side, the coaches would ask to rewind certain plays, right, to make mm-hmm. some comments. Like, who was really good on it this time around were former coach Kevin Semblin, David Cutcliffe, mm. uh, Mike Gundy, Mr. Mm. I-40. Himself and that, that coach from um, uh, Mike Bubble from uh, I think Colorado State okay. and um, two other guys Pat Fitzgerald from Northwestern and okay. um, I, I, I forget that coach's name who's at Ole Miss now and he was one of the better ones 
like giving his two cents and giving his 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 perspective. It's great. It's great because you get the pretty much you get you 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 get to pick the coach's brain without asking. You, you know, mm. it's like um, but it's but that's one thing I really did enjoy. Like last year was even funnier with Dino Babers and kind of trolling uh, Dave Dorn from NC State. <laughs> But it was still great. It was still great to see. And I'm telling you, if, if you really want to learn more about the X's and O's and strategies and whatnot, tune to the coaches' film room next year. This time, about this time mm. next year. It's great. But I just, I just want to throw that plug in for it because uh, I like it so much and I had to tell one about it. But yeah. Uh, I just think that uh, we're going like uh, going back to the game, going back to Jalen Hurst's future. It's too bad. I mean, because you got something similar going on at Georgia, you know, with uh, mm-hmm. Jake Fromm being a true freshman beating out Jacob Eason. Jacob Eason yes. was the stud, but Jacob Eason lost his job because of injury, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So um, Jake Fromm, this young man, took the job, and so you know that. Of course, Jacob Eason, he said he would transfer. I think it's going to transfer to Washington, which would be bully for Washington. Um, but, yeah, man. I mean, that's football as far as Jalen Hurts goes. It's it's too bad because he should have won the, the national championship last year. It wasn't for, yeah. for Deshaun Watson leading, a, leading a, an epic drive to <laughs> to to <laughs> score a touchdown with, like, one second remaining. But that was definitely – but still, it's not like Jalen Hurts stunk up the joint. He was 25-2 and two as a starter. And, you know, it's just one of those things where old St. Nick won the, won the chip. He rolled the dice. Now, this is a question I have to ask you. Do you think that was a sign yeah. of desperation out of, out of Nick Saban in that situation? You come back from halftime, you're down 13 to 3. It's only 10 points, but your offense is a little lethargic. Your starting court QB, who was 25 and 2, like you said, in this last 27 starts. It's not looking good. Not, he didn't look the part. He, just, he sucked. I mean, he sucked. Up. He sucked. He just stunk up. Yeah, he was terrible. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think that was a sign of desperation out of him? Or we just thought that, you know, he, he felt as though that this arm, who everyone thinks is better than, than, than Jalen's anyway, would be the better decision right. to go into into the second half. It was a matter of both. I think it's a combination of both. I mean, the thing is that Saban's all about one thing. He's about winning chips. I mean, he doesn't give mm-hmm. them how or who's feeling the hustle along the way. I mean, he, I mean, the thing is, is again, Jalen Hurts was 25-2 and two as a starter here into uh, Monday's, Monday night's game. I mean, no one thought that he would end up playing so poorly. Especially, he was just he was just named the MVP of the Sugar Bowl like the week before yeah. in Clemson. No, no one saw this coming. I mean, Georgia just balled. They were balling in the first half. They they out Bama Bama. They shut yeah. the, they shut the running game down. I mean, sure, like Jalen Hurts got off like a twenty seven yard run, like so, like like a middle in the first half. But they ran him boot passing. I mean, they really did did a good job. Defend Alabama's passing game, and Saban was like, "I need to do something," like, because we all know good and damn well 
the way everything was unfolding, if, if he stuck with Jalen Hurts, they would have gotten their asses kicked. Period. Yeah. It would have been more than 13 to nothing in the second half. I mean, sure, Georgia took their foot off the gas for some inexplicable reason. It's almost as if they didn't learn uh, from what happened to Oklahoma. Oklahoma did the exact same thing. They took their foot off the gas, and that's what cost them the end. Plus, they couldn't stop the run, but that's got a hit on that. But the point is, is that, you know, Georgia had his chances, even with a new uh, freshman quarterback. And why? And then this is supposed to the strategy, a lack of, of um, Kirk Kirby Smart and company at Georgia. You're playing against a fresh, a true freshman. You're up 13 to nothing. Why didn't they go after him? Why did they make him feel uncomfortable? Why? Why didn't they? I mean, I mean, Kirby Smart knows, knows that he knows that he's a former defensive coordinator for Saban. Why didn't exactly? They why didn't they shoot, shoot the dogs out at uh, him? Why are they so passive? I mean, normally if you're playing against a, out of the, a rookie in the NFL or a true freshman in a big game like this, a national championship, you're up 13 to nothing, they're gonna, they pretty much was waving the, the uh, proverbial white flag Alabama did. They shut up the true freshman. They were desperate. It's like you go after them. That's when you go after them just 10 years back and be able to a pulp if they didn't do it. But, but again, props to Double T, Tua, for doing what he did in the second half. It's, it's just that, I mean, Chapman's just like Belichick. He does the coaches what Belichick does the NFL coaches. He, he outsmarts them, and he kind of like mind bleeds them. You know what I'm saying? Mind screws them. I mean, that's. I mean, you could tell that Georgia had no idea that was coming, and they didn't prepare for it. Obviously, they didn't make adjustments. It was just, it was just stuff for legends, you know, like like in the end for Big Fang. So, so, so props to him. Well, I'm just talking out of school, and I could be wrong because, of course, I don't have the numbers in front of me as of right now. Mm-hmm. What yep. my cloudy memory, what my memory remembers, is it's a possibility that Georgia thought that. Tua was going to go ahead and make mistakes on his own instead of continuing to pressure him into making mistakes. And it seemed like for a while mm-hmm. there, it, it may have been working. But like I said before, I don't have the numbers to prove me right or wrong in this situation right now. I know somebody's probably listening and saying, mm-hmm. Dinesh, you're tripping. That's not what happened. That's what my guess. Mm-hmm. But it, after a while, man, it, it just wasn't working no more. It, 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 and, and he right. was just – Capable of, of being comfortable and making plays, and 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 God, just that that overtime situation, especially immediately after the sack, and that's one of those deals yeah. where they they advise you to do to try to try to make that type of big play after either excuse me either after a big penalty or after a big loss because someone mm-hmm. is being complacent. And in most cases, it's the defense immediately after that play where they make yes, a big play, and, and, and then if you don't come back right at them with a big play, you may end up losing your chance or you losing your opportunity to get back into that game. And that's exactly what Nick Saban did. He went for that, that, that 27-yard pass, which turned out to be a 41-yard touchdown. So why not? Yes. Dude. I just don't understand. I'm glad you brought that up because I'm still thinking about that. There's only, there only, there only maybe one or two plays 
that's in the offensive playbook when it's like second and twenty-seven or whatever down is twenty-second and twenty-seven. Either a hail mary or a streak, all streaks, all four of mm-hmm. teams go down the field, streak down the field. I mean, the thing is, they made it. Well, Alabama made it easy for Georgia because again, Georgia was a cover two, as we said earlier. They had no one going down the seam, no one going down the mm-hmm. middle. Why the hell was the safety? What the hell was the safety doing cheating towards the middle of the field when no damn body was coming down the middle of the field? I mean, there's so many things wrong with that play. First of all, that 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 safety and cornerback combination knows better. I mean, no better. They they they're over. They're, I think they're at least juniors. They're not first. Yeah. They're not even talking about. I think they're at least juniors, and so they know. What a why didn't the cornerback get physical with the wide receiver coming off the line of scrimmage? Redirect them. Redirect them. Throw up the timing. And two, the, the, that safety I said before, no one's coming down the middle of the field. Why was that young man in the middle of the field? <laughs> you stay, keep your ass outside. Don't let anyone get, don't, don't let anyone get behind him. Ah, uh, yeah, they fell asleep. They obviously fell asleep on that play because they didn't think that freshman make a would make a forty-one yard dime like that. No, or just he threw on the rope right in between them because they they weren't doing their jobs, especially the priest, the, the safety didn't do his job. But again, plus the double team, man. Now, Scott, correct me if I'm wrong. Is that the same safety that kind of gave up that big play or that last touchdown? To Alabama in in um in the fourth quarter, probably, probably. Because I know that there was another yeah, I didn't see it, but probably gaff by a, a Georgia safety where he thought someone was coming over and didn't. Yeah, and they gave up a big play, and I think that play led to a touchdown. And, and Kirby Smart looked like he was well, he was controlling him on the sideline toward the end of the fourth, and it just once again can't be the same dude. It better not be the same dude because. Man, yeah, ah, uh, not like that, not like that, not like that, and, and not enough in the last game of season. No, yeah, it's just crazy. No. It's just crazy. But, uh, again, prop for prop props to that young man, Tua from Alabama. He's he has a bright future ahead of him. But Georgia lost this game. They in a combination of of complacency, second half complacency. They mm-hmm. took the foot off the gas, and they didn't adjust. They didn't adjust to 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 what Tua was doing. But uh, it's, but uh, but 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 uh, one more thing about this game before we move on. But really, it's just about the, the winning head coach. Can we just? I know that people is unspoken. I think it's understood. But can we all just agree that uh, that that Nick Saban is better than Bear Bryant? He's the best coach of all Ooh. time. Can we all agree on that? Can we just agree on that? I mean, because the, I know you're going, ooh. Uh, that, uh, but think about it. Saban is doing this in an era where, it's, where it was much more difficult to do it. First of all, back in Bear Bryant's days, there weren't any limits on scholarships, okay? Mm-hmm. There were only like five or maybe a handful of teams, maybe eight teams in college football who were good. Everyone else is just playing just for a bowl, Right. You, you did. You only like a few teams were on TV, like the Oklahoma, Texas, Syracuse, or Notre Dame, especially Michigan, maybe Ohio State. I mean, there were only a few few teams that were on TV every year. 
and the, the, the exposure was limit what was more limited, uh, especially if you're like a like a middle of the road to up and coming team and in, in whatever conference. Um, and also, there was no this is before integration as it pertains to, to, to like like to the south, right? Mm-hmm. So think of how easy it is. But again, does not take anything away from Bear Bryant. He is the man. He's the dean of coaching. But Nick Saban is the damn chancellor. I'm sorry. <laughs> Saban is doing it in an era where it's limited scholarships, which means there's much more parity in college football. Everyone's on TV. It's, I mean, it's not regionalized anymore. It's national. Mm-hmm. And for him to reckon the recruiting classes in the top three on a year-to-year basis, on like, uh, like on a yearly basis, rather, for the past 10 or like five or six, seven years, it's amazing. I mean, he won six titles in seven years. Six, I mean, just think about it. He, he's won uh, six, six and eight, rather, six thousand eight years. That's yeah. amazing. That is amazing. We're not going to see this type of dominance again. We, we're just not. So it, it'll be a very long time before we see a, a, a coach in a yes. program this dominant. Um, yes. I will say this: it, their, their greatness, of course, differs because of the fact that they're from two different eras. But um, mm-hmm. one of the things when you say it was easy uh, for Bear Bryant, I always want to mm-hmm. say it's kind of easy for Nick Saban as well, even in this generation. Where we have sure. it so that guys can go to any school that they want to, and, and, and you know, everyone has the same amount of scholarships, you know, mm-hmm. and, and every conference, well, the Power Five at least, has the ability to right. compete for a national title, and everybody's on, 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 on similar ground at least. It just happens to be a situation with Alabama. Nick Saban's the, the, the Power Piper, man, he's capable of bringing this talent, and for whatever reason, this happens to be in the same areas, offensive line, defensive line, running back, because he can't get him a great QB to save his life. There's no way in the world you're not going to find a guy who's going to go to the NFL and be a Super Bowl winner. That's a graduate of Alabama playing quarterback now. I don't know why Nick Saban can't get a great QB like that, but he can get a great running back, great O-line, great D-line, great linebackers. And he can't he can't recruit a kicker to save his life. But I digress. <laughs> right. I I digress. I'm go I'm going back to my point being that, you know, he still stockpiles ton of talent at Alabama and it just happens to be that people wonder now, when is Alabama gonna lose? Not who is capable of beating Alabama. Because it's like in those instances when they do lose, it's almost like that they're I'm not going to say they're beating themselves every time because that Auburn game mm-hmm. this year, Auburn took it to them. Auburn and, and the same, They kicked their ass. Exactly. And even with Clemson last year, not taking anything away from that Clemson win, it just happened to be that Clemson was able to outlast Alabama in that situation. Yeah. You don't have that down. Alabama it's defense play that many plays in that game, they probably don't lose mm-hmm. that game. Even right. with uh, Jalen Hurd leading them downfield late in the fourth quarter in that game, they almost took it away. But that defense was just too tired last year, well, in, in 2016, right. so to hold on. 
So and, and mo- it's, it's, it's different ways of ruling because of different circumstances. And, God, when you talk about greatness, it's, it's kind of hard to compare when you're talking about Bear Bryant as, as, as it compares to Nick Saban, as it compares to, say, like Eddie Robinson, as it compares to uh, 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 Joe Paterno. Everybody's great, but they're great in a different way and in and, and, and different areas, and everyone always questions what if. You know what I'm saying? It's always a what if. And nowadays, mm-hmm. that what if is what if the playoff round was expanded and they probably would have had to have faced a UCF this year as good as they looked against Auburn. What if, mm-hmm. you know, it was a, a larger field in the playoffs and Ohio State was capable of getting in and, and, and Alabama had to play Ohio State this year? You know, so it's, mm-hmm. it's always – Cloudiness is always a what if. And the same thing can be said about Bill Bryant. You know, what if? Because there's still questions on whether or not all of his championships are legitimate because he has a couple of split ones. So it's always that what if factor, man. And and, and, and I'm not going to take, take anything away from, from Nick because he is great and great during this era. He really is this era's uh, 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 top dog when it comes to college football. But God, mm-hmm. when you when you when you when you com- comparing two different dynasties, man, you know, and, and looking at the circumstances, you know, what would Bear Bryant be like in this era? What would Nick Saban be like in this era? You know, God, what, what would happen if all those quality black players that play for Nick Saban now ended up at, at Grambling or ended up? At, at, at right, and, and they couldn't go to yeah. Alabama. How would he be able to, to 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 manage that? So it's 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 one of those those things, you know, the, the whole what ifs. It's it's it, it, it's almost unfair to, to both Bryant and to Saban to play that. But um, you know, it's it's all about who you have a, a, a more of a personal preference for. And for mm-hmm. me and mine, it's a toss up. It, it really is. Because of course they both have that 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 number six, which is which is dynamic. But the fact that Saban was capable of doing it in such a condensed time it is 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 insane. Yes, it is. Well, one last thing about that. Speaking of Saban, did you see that quote he had? I don't know if this is legit. And I saw like a like a picture, like a meme. It's when someone asked him about national championship. When I'm paraphrasing. He said, I'm mm-hmm. glad to be able to share it with UCF. <laughs> because UCF wow. had a wow. parade of national champions. They had a banner. I mean, you talk about Bama. That's, 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 that's just sad. You know, at first I thought it was cool that they were, like, defiant. But I'm like, this is turning uh-huh. sad and corny, man. It's just, I mean, why would you do that? Why would you do that? You know, it's because you're 13 and no. You you know you felt like you were left out in a situation where you you thought that and this is the the the, the institution and the program itself when you felt as though if, if you were given the chance because of this system that won't allow you to have a chance man you got to go ahead and, mm-hmm. and, and just be the people's champ you got to go ahead and just be the rock yeah, in the situation so. walk well you know with your eyebrow up ironically they both from Florida um and, and and just talk about you know if we smell what we cooking. 
and, and hope for an opportunity, man, but knowing that they won't give it to you, man. It's 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 it's, it's very cool because yeah. of how defined it is, but at the same time, it is kind of sad because you're like, dog, you know, it is what it is, man. We 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 know the system is rigged. Till yeah. we're capable of, of getting the system is fixed and 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 open for fairness. This is what we got to deal with, bro. Yeah, I I get it, but it's still corny. I mean, I was thinking about some word Bama. I was like thinking, there's a maybe what these Bamas are doing. They have a damn parade. It's like a at Disney World. It's like a it's it's like a, you, you know what? This is like take my ball home and have a parade, like because like we, I mean they they kept this out, so we're gonna have our own damn thing. We're gonna just yeah. It was just sad. I mean, again, I get it. I understand why they did it. I thought it was yeah. at first cool from the defiance point of view, but that defiance turned into the sheer embarrassment. About it. I mean, why, why would I mean it's just corny. It just anyway. I, I, look, I'm yeah. not going to fool those kids, those young men, especially especially Scott Frost is now going to coach his alma mater at Nebraska. Good luck for uh, yeah. to him. But it's oh, come on, stop it. Just, just, just stop. It. But anyway, I just feel bad for them. You know, I just feel bad for them because they'll never get an opportunity. This team, yeah. regardless of of how good they may be next year, it still won't be this team. You know what I'm saying? And, and they'll never get an opportunity yeah. to say that they had a, a chance to play against, you know, Alabama. Even though they beat the team that beat Alabama. They'll never get a chance right. to play. They, 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 they'll never be able to say that they got a chance to play against that Alabama team to really prove it. And so, you know, the, all, all they could can do is just hang their head high on that 13 and 0 record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what, speaking, of, I mean, you think that's embarrassing? Look what's going on in New England. I mean, Ooh. when that expose, bum bum bum, like came out <laughs> about like Belichick. V. Brady, V. Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots. I mean, look, I mean, it all went on last week. Unless you've been hiding underneath a rock, you listeners out there, I don't know what to tell you. But, look, I mean, sure, look, I'm not going to doubt the report on Seth Wickersham, ESPN. He's one of the better, get it, like, like investigation reporters. So a lot of that stuff is probably true. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you look at the, if you read the, if you read, if you read the story, it paints Belichick in a, in a very sympathetic light, which means that it came from Belichick's camp, because dude was fed up for the fact mm-hmm. that he pretty much lost the power circuit to Tom Brady, because remember he won, he won to keep Joey Garoppolo. He was supposed to be the bridge to the future. He was supposed yeah. to like, turn off the franchise. In good hands is Jimmy Garoppolo, and he wanted to prove that he could win without Brady, right? And, and, and yeah. in fairness to Garoppolo, when Brady was suspended for like last, the first four games of last season, Garoppolo was balling out before he yeah. got hurt. And even Jacoby Brissett, the brother man from NC State, came in. He played pretty well. So he basically, New England was set up well. I mean, he got an investment of riches at quarterback. Mm-hmm. And one of the best coaches of all time in an organization whose culture is about winning. Ain't you, but winning, <laughs> nonetheless. <laughs> and, um, but, 
the thing is that he wanted, he want, you know, and this is a, an organization who normally gets rid of a player a year ahead of time instead of a year too late. So, yeah. And to Tom Brady. Brady wants to play until he's like 45 years old. He's 40, he's 40 years old right now and playing well. Mm-hmm. Belichick wanted to move on from him to get what he could from him so he could start the, the, the Guapolo era right away. Kraft, is, I, mean, I should call him Mr. Kraft, is very, very close to Tom Brady, considers him a son, which is unknown. Mm-hmm. You never, ever get close to any of your support. You never want, that's a golden rule of business because it prevents you from making the tough decisions. Every yeah. great businessman or businesswoman makes the tough decisions, right? And, and basically, Robert Kraft sat them down and told Belichick, you must trade George, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo or Jimmy G. You must trade him. And, I mean, where does he trade him to? San Francisco for just a second-round pick. Mm-hmm. He had, when, when early in the season, could have had him for at least a one and a two. Just yeah. a second-round pick. That gets it. And plus, and, 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 and actually, like before that, he traded Brissett to the team that drives snitch on him about uh, the flick in, in the Indianapolis Colts <laughs> for a bus receiver. Yes. You know, he traded for a bus receiver like Philip Dorsett. And how is that working out for him in New England? So basically, he's, he's, to me, he's Belichick. I call him Belichick most of the time, but Belichick, he is set, to me, he's setting everything up for him to leave. He's greasing the tracks. He's like, you know what? You want me to keep Brady Kraft? Fine. Meanwhile, you won't be having Garoppolo, and you won't be having Brissett. And I'm trying Brissett, the team that, that, who drives snitched on us. So have <laughs> at it. And, and plus, he's, 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 he's actually promoting both his coordinators to get jobs. He never, he never did that before. He's never done that mm-hmm. before. So, to me, I didn't believe it at first, but stepping back from it and rereading everything and putting two and two together, I think dude is, is planning his exit. Especially if they were in the Super Bowl this year, I think he's oh, gone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think he's gone. This is where the, 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 that, that entire situation takes a curveball, right? <clears throat> because you do know yeah. they were saying that one of the destinations for, uh, for Belichick is a job that's already open, even though now they're saying that his assistant is now a favorite in that spot, which is the New York Giants. Well, they said Patricia mm. is, is the favorite out there, but whispers have been saying that it's a possibility that Belichick if he were to leave, you know, uh, whenever they're done, that he might want to go to the Giants. But it's just interesting mm-hmm. because if I'm the Giants, I might want to wait this out just a little bit. Uh, unless they really want Patricia and, and don't want to deal with Belichick, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and take what I, what, you know, the guys that I want. But, you know, if, if that's true and Belichick wants to go to the place where his mentor once uh, ruled, why not? Yeah. He, you know, it'll be Why interesting, not? but, you know, you talk about ownership and players. That happens everywhere. It just happens to be that New England is New England, and that they've been winning Super Bowls dating back to 2001. If there's any other organization, i.e. the Washington Redskins, where you have an owner close to a quarterback 
or any other player, and that team isn't winning, then you have turmoil. You, you have all kinds right. of leaks coming out, and, 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 and those type of situations end up destroying a locker room. We yeah. don't necessarily know if the locker room is going to be is, is destroyed yet. We'll see. wait and see what happens on Sunday when they play against yep. Tennessee to see if what has happened over this past week, week and a half, will affect the Patriots in their play, which I doubt. But if it does, well, if they lose, it will be very interesting to see what the fallout is in the coming weeks because of this story. I mean, everyone's going to point fingers at this story if they lose this game and they look like it's a situation where it's a locker room that is slowly falling apart. But um, yeah. like I said before, you know this 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 this, this locker room has the makeup of, of being able to to be bulletproof. Could this be the kryptonite bullet that destroys this super organization? We, we, time will have to wait and see. I think this is the end. Of, I think it's the end of the dynasty. I think we're looking at the end. But I'm I'm not mm. pulling for her purposely. I'm I, I, I tend not to. Jump head first into something like just help the skelter, but just look at mm-hmm. what's happened. All right, yeah. What's happened? You know, you train percent to a team that drives snitching for like a bust. Okay, you better trade away the supposed heir apparent for just a second round pick. You basically mm-hmm. didn't get as much, near as much in return as you should have for. For Jimmy G. Cleveland was sitting there with all those draft picks. Yeah. Couldn't have made a deal with them. I mean, it said, like, it was said in the article that, 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 that Belichick considers, like, Garoppolo, I don't want to say considers him like a son, but he really values him a lot. And mm. he didn't want to send him to quarterback hell, which is, which is Cleveland, good for him for doing that for him. Uh, I was doing him a solid, but, but just again, he got he traded away his two valuable assets in quarterbacks for next to nothing. He basically is he's trying to get his assistants jobs. He's public he's publicly stumping for them to get jobs. Josh McDaniels and Matt Patricia, both their, both his coordinators. Mm-hmm. And he's he's looking to leave I mean, loyalty is a big deal with Belichick. He is Huge yes. on loyalty, huge to the system, huge to the culture. Who is it going to start over with? I mean, who? I mean, you, you, I mean, I mean, you got. I mean, his top two lieutenants are going to be going to leave, and no one in the pipeline to replace them. Seemingly, that is. And again, what is who does who's behind Brady now? The, the the immortal Brian Hoyer. I mean, come on. So, but you know what, Scott? Um, we said this yeah. um, about ten, twelve years ago. When Romeo, Romeo Cornell and uh, what's the other boy's yeah. name? I forget what. Charlie Weiss. I forget Charlie Weiss. Charlie Weiss. Yeah, Charlie Weiss. When they left, everybody thought that you know that mm, this could this could highly affect what goes on in New England. Right. And they were capable of turning right. it around with a, a, a young Josh McDaniel and and, and uh, Patricia and Danny left before. So you know, it, right. it, it, they they they're still able. To, to go ahead and and and, and next man up, even with the the, the, the coaching ranks. So it, it's just another situation of seeing that they can do it again, 
or if Belichick right. wants to try to do it again in New England. So, you know, it, it, it's going to be interesting between now yeah. and March or now in April. Actually, you think about it with the draft because if I'm New England, if I can't get anyone that I think that I like in free agency at the quarterback spot because actually them letting trading away Garoppolo actually boosted his stock and and making it capable for him to get more money out of San Fran right now. But, oh, um, San Fran's going to pay him. They'll be stupid not yeah. to pay him. Of course yeah. they are. But, you know, we don't know what kind of deal he could have gotten if he didn't get traded away because he just would have been sitting there. Right. Everybody would have been offering him. But now that they see what he's done for the last five games, regardless mm-hmm. of the school's gold or not, it, it still goes to somebody at this point, and they're going to spend. Yes, it is. But – you know, if, if I'm New England, do they take a, a QB in, with that second-round pick? Of course, we'll have to wait to see in April. Lamar Jackson to New England? <laughs> that could be the case. I don't know. So, you know, it's a lot of stuff that could happen. Yeah, I just I just think, look, I, look, I, I realize that what happened before when both Romeo Cornell and Charlie Weiss left after after they beat uh, after the Patriots beat the Eagles way back mm-hmm. when in the Super Bowl. I'm just, again, just look at the tea leaves, bro. Just just look at how everything's fault has shaped out. He lost, Belichick lost the power struggle. He lost, yeah. the, he lost to Brady. Yeah. And to the point where, remember, the owner, Mr. Kraft, said, you must trade Garofalo. Didn't say where, didn't say how. He said, you must trade him. And then, and then normally when deals are made, man, they're like, uh, they're like the like the question normally is, what would you give me for him? Instead, Belichick called up Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, who's close to his, who's, who's dad, who's, uh, Belichick is close to Mike Shanahan. They're tight. Yeah. And recently, apparently, Belichick has taken Shanahan, the, the younger Shanahan, under his wing, telling him how he lost the Super Bowl last year in terms of like the play calling. It was our first quarter mm-hmm. at, at, at at Atlanta. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's just he's doing Belichick is doing things that we normally doesn't do. And and going back to the like like a, to the uh, to the deal maker, I almost like lost my train of thought there. Instead of asking Shanahan, what would you give me? First of all, he sent Shanahan a text that says, "Call me," and then when he calls him. Belichick was like, "I'll give you a two for him, for 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 for, for, for uh, Jimmy G." Wow! And you know, <laughs> and you know what that, that that conversation was like was like between Shanahan and John Lynch, the GM in San Francisco. John Lynch would probably was like, well, "Why do you make the deal yourself? Why are you telling me for? It? <laughs> make this shit happen." But I mean, again, the way he gave away Jimmy G. He being Belichick. Mm-hmm. Then, then before that, trading another viable asset in Brissett to the team that drives Nist on your ass for the for the flake gate. Come on, for 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 a bust at wide receiver. You you can't. This ain't coincidence, man. He, no, it's not. I think he's greasing the tracks to, for his departure. I think this is is is, is Belichick's way of sticking it to, to going to, to Mr. Kravitz said. All right, you got Brady, and another, and no one behind and no assets to speak for it. You can have him. 
Good luck for you with your 41-year-old quarterback when he gets hurt next year and you have no one to step in the board to play with quarterback and no no decent assistant coaches to step up to the play for, for the coordinator's positions, both coordinator's positions. Exactly. Good luck with that. Good mm-hmm. luck with that. That's why I think this is it. Win, lose, or draw, whether he wins the Super Bowl or not. And by the way, they, they're going to destroy Tennessee. Let's just be real. They're going to, if, they don't, if they don't come – if, if, if Tennessee comes within two touchdowns of New England, something's wrong. They, they, New England should blow the doors off of Tennessee. Um, see, that's the thing. But, that's what, that, that's what I'm, I'm concerned because, I mean, all eight of these teams are helter-skelter. We don't know yeah. who's going to show up. We don't know which Jacksonville is going to show up. We don't know which Tennessee is going to show up, New England, Pittsburgh. We just don't know. And if, if the bad New England shows up, which we saw them a couple of weeks ago in, in, um, in Miami, even though when yeah. Miami beat them, if you can't have a situation or New England can't have a situation where Tom comes in throwing two picks in that game against Tennessee and Tennessee decides that they want a ball control with Derrick Henry and it works, oh, my God. It, 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 it'll be tragic in Foxborough. So that's why I'm like, that 14 points, if I felt like throwing away some money this weekend, I would I would take Tennessee in that situation to cover, you know, but. Right. Yeah, Tennessee has nothing I, to I'm, lose. Absolutely nothing to lose. Nothing at all, especially after what they did last week. I was listening to that. I was mm-hmm. listening to a little bit of that second half last week, and the uh, commentators on the radio said in that quote in the beginning of the second half, what is Tennessee doing running the ball? They must think that they're going to shut out Kansas City in the second half, score 21 points, and come out of here with a win. And what happened? That's exactly what Mm. happened. Derek Henry ran around their throats. Mariota was able to to, to come and make a couple of plays. And because of the loss of, 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 of Kelsey, Kansas City was not able to move the ball, and, and, and they did just that. Yeah, that was huge. That's why going up is huge. Exactly that that was that was big. That was a huge loss for them, and, and, and last week, which is why this weekend kind of concerns me. Even though I'm expecting New England and Pittsburgh to win, which one of these teams are we, are we going to see? This weekend, because I don't, I don't know, I, I don't, I don't feel confident about any of these teams. But of course, someone's going to win. Mm-hmm. I just want to see how it happens. Right, I hear you. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm, and you, and you valid. Your points are quite valid, valid as hell. Tennessee, they, 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 they. I mean, it's coming from running the ball down Kansas City's throats and. Andy Reid coaching as if he's in a, um, a phone booth once again. I mean, it's, he's, yeah. it's his time management is suspect. His last few playoff games has been have been suspect from a play calling mm-hmm. perspective. Why did he Why did he give Kareem Hunt the ball only only a handful of times, only maybe fourteen times that many? Why Why did he come, come, like commit to the run anymore? Why Why Ah Andy Reid, come on, bro. <laughs> and, and I like Andy Reid. I like him a lot, but come on, son. Really? Well, really? It wasn't just Andy. It was it was it was Maggie too. And I'm thinking 
you know, Maggie does that and is like, peace, I'm in Chicago, son. And, and Chicago need to think that through, too, <laughs> because of the his play calling in that game. Because, my God, bro, it, yeah, you're right. You, you up 21-3. If the running game ain't working, you might as well just go ahead and, 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 and throttle them then at that point. But, you know, you, you are missing yeah. a huge point of your offense without Travis Kelsey. You just are. Yeah. Well, at least that was exciting. Uh, like yeah. at least at least at the end, like with the in the second half, and that, as, just just suppose that with the exact opposite what took place in Jacksonville. I mean, look, oh. I was so happy to see the Bills back in it. It was a feel good story. Bills Mafia was excited. You, mm-hmm. you, you remember what happened on my podcast last week? Those cats were so excited. Yeah, but that game set the NFL back forty years. I mean, it was. Just <laughs> It was horrendous, man. Ten to three. Ten and to the, three. In an era where you can't breathe on a quarterback, you can't even touch a receiver. Ten to three. Ten to freaking yes. three. Oh, yes. it was. And I'm embarrassed saying that I watched that game. I watched most of that game. I was. I'm embarrassed to say that. I mean, ah, oh, I can't. Ah, oh, it's just ah. Oh, ah, oh, what what can you say to that other than ah? Oh. Exactly. It it, it was a situation where you you had a QB and actually in both of them, uh, being uh, Tyrod Taylor and Blake Bortles, who, well, especially Tyrod, Tyrod's not known to light it up in the air, and and Blake ain't been right in the past two years in in terms of, 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 of throwing the rock. So this is what you get, especially with Blake Bortles, who rushed for more than what he passed for last week. Now, mind yeah, you, yes, Jacksonville and Baltimore, they have great defenses, and they do have uh, great running games, even though LeSean McCoy was mm-hmm. 100%. He still came out and mm-hmm. played relatively well. This is what he you did. get. He's the best player. And, and, and this is exactly. And, and, and this, is, this is actually uh, a message to my skin fans out there. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this probably several times in this offseason. This is what you get when you have teams or a team with a good running back, a great defense, and a below-average QB. You keep wanting uh, – uh, 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 what's your boy's name? I see his uh, – Colt McCoy out there. And, and yeah. want the Redskins to, to build a defense and get a running game. And as much as it worked for Seattle, as much as it worked for Dallas last year, as much as it was for Pittsburgh in the past, as much as it was mm-hmm. New England and, and, and Tom Brady's early maturity, it yep. also gives you that type of game. Also gives you Buffalo. It also gives you Tennessee. Yeah. It gives you Jacksonville. It gives you these teams that are eight and eight. It, it gives you Houston before Deshaun Watson gets hurt. So, yeah. which of the skin fans do you want to go eight and eight with a with a quality QB and hope that you can build around him, or do you want to go eight and eight with a below average QB, a great defense, and, and a running game, and, and, yeah. and wonder what if if we had a quality QB again? God, y'all some dummies, yeah. I swear. But back back to the playoff, <laughs> back to the playoff team. Yeah, like I said. Uh, uh, Blake Borders cannot come out there and, and play like he played last year against Pittsburgh 
and they better hope that that yeah. defense does what they did to uh, Big Ben. It was that week five, week six. Yeah, week five. It was mild temperatures. Yeah. If they can come out and, and put the pressure on, on Big Ben again, which is highly possible, we might get an upset, but they, they're going to need a lot more out of, out of, of Blake Bortles in order for that to happen. They're not going to beat Pittsburgh 10-3. to 3. That's not going to happen. No, they're not. No, they're not. You know, speaking of which, I'm pulling up the weather reports now. And this stupid computer, I swear. Like, I'm, I'm going to... I'm gonna to go to um, uh, what you call it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a Mac one of these days because this this mother. I mean, it's just, this this <laughs> thing is so slow. I mean, it's I just cannot stand it. Okay, let me just pull up the forecast. I, okay, I was hoping to have a full forecast of next of this coming weekend to make the seamless transition, but this piece of shit of a computer is not working for me. So it's pulling up everything late. Uh, forgive my language. Uh, maybe not. Um, let me see. I'm going to the 10-day forecast. Mm-hmm. Remember that that, that 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 mild day of Pittsburgh season where they did work on my Steelers, and the fact that we're having like a wave of 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 uh, mild temperatures, like yesterday, yes. today, and tomorrow. That's going to change this weekend, especially in Pittsburgh. You know what the high is going to be at, at kickoff? 18 degrees. 18 degrees. 18 degrees. And there's going to be some wind of only six. You know, you see, you know what I say is okay. It's okay. It's okay on the on the confluence of the of the Ohio rivers among the Hellas and the Algahani. And it's an open air stadium. Open end stadium. That that wind's going to pick up. The Jaguars going to freeze their asses off (laughs) Sunday afternoon. That ain't going to happen again. Uh, it ain't going to happen again. I'm going to yeah. say it like this. I learned my lesson when I went to Virginia Beach for an HBCU mm-hmm. All-Star game. Uh, river air or ocean air in the wintertime ain't no mm-hmm. joke. Ain't That's no right. Joke. And, and as much as I like cold weather, I was so upset that night, man, that I, 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 I slept on breezes coming off of water. Man, I want mm-hmm. to fight somebody. And that's exactly how Jacksonville's going to be. <laughs> they are not going to want to be out there playing in that air, man, once it's all hitting the back of their neck, man. It's not going to be fun. Mm-mm. You know the Steelers are going to come up with the bare sleeves and be playing, like, inspired ball thanks to Ryan Shazier, a.k.a. Yeah. You know, we're on a mission. Speaking of which, let's just get right to it then. This is who I have winning in the AFC in the division round. Mm-hmm. I know stuff's going on in New England, lots of drama surrounding Belichick, Brady, and Mr. Kraft and the crew. I still think he's going to beat the hell out of the Titans. I, I still do. I mean, I, I <laughs> again, I mean, no team compartmentalized is better than the Patriots. And, mm-hmm. you know, something to say about that sanctuary in a football field. Again, I get the drama off the field. I get that Belichick's probably going to end up leaving after this year, and I think they know it in the building. And I know that Tennessee's playing with house money right now. They have absolutely nothing to lose. But you never, ever I, – I, I just don't see. I, I think New England's going to beat them by at least two touchdowns. And the other game, 
I think my steel is going to do some work on Jacksonville. This is going to be a revenge game, an epic uh, a revenge game. Baltimore, I mean, Baltimore. Jacksonville might have well lost Baltimore and, and the early Seattle teams. They play, they play great on defense. They run the rock. Mm-hmm. Talk a lot of smack. They got some swag. It's good to see the Jaguars balling again. But it's going to end. It's going to end for them Sunday. And that cold ass weather in Pittsburgh. It's gonna it's gonna end. It's gonna end. It may be competitive, but I don't I don't I don't see Jacksonville coming within 10, ten points of my Steelers. And then the NFC, uh, I have two upsets. So kinda of, sorta. Of. I got the Saints getting revenge in Minnesota for mm-hmm. Monday night like 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 from the opening Monday night game. These are two different teams. Especially yeah. the ones. These guys playing defense, fire defense, they got much a lot of more back on on defense in the secondary. The, the ball out of control. They can run the rock. I mean, I mean, just just picture this sentence. Just here, just picture this sentence. Just picture, picture picture this thought. New Orleans Saints associated with good defense and the running game. That's that that's like a complete oxymoron. But Drew Brees still balled out. I mean, if it wasn't for Drew Brees last week against Carolina. Carolina probably wins that game because they shut yeah. down the running game. But again, they got the defense came up came up with timely stops. They, they forced. I think they may have. I don't think Cam threw an interception, but I'm trying to remember they forced a fumble or not. But at any rate, the defense played just well enough, and Drew Brees did his thing in the air, throwing for over 250 yards. And I think that they're going to wreck some shots. Now, 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 Minnesota is a great story. Case Kim is an even greater story. Mm-hmm. But no matter how great of a story he is, he was on the regular season. And how stuffed the defense is, I think I think Drew Brees, Drew Brees has been there and done that. Case Kim, yeah. this is new for him. So I think new I think Minnesota has a pressure of trying to get to at least the NFC title game so they can have the the dreams to maintain the dreams of playing the Super Bowl in their home stadium. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think New Orleans will come in there and beat Minnesota. And Atlanta is actually favored in Philadelphia, obviously because yeah. Philadelphia doesn't have Carson Wentz. And I think it's going to be really cold for Atlanta. But I don't, I don't see, I don't see Nick Foles doing anything offensively. And it's another thing that that is, it's, it's another two things you never thought you'd hear in the same sentence. Atlanta and good defense. Atlanta's been playing great defensively this season. A lot of people don't yeah. realize that. And, you know, I they got great pass rushers. I mean, what, one of the guys, what, what is it, like, uh, uh, forget his name. We had, like, half a dozen sacks against the Cowboys one week. Um, um, uh, Claiborne. Yeah, 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 Claiborne, yeah. Oh, my God, he was just epic. Adrian um, Claiborne, but, yes. But the thing is that I think the two teams that you normally do not associate great running game and defense, good defense. They have Atlanta winning in a cold-ass game in Philadelphia because of the defense and the running game. So who you got? Um, Actually, I agree with you with all four. You can actually go to the Sleepy Sports website and see that I made these picks. Well, with the exception of Tennessee, I thought it was going to be uh, Kansas City going on to uh, to New England. But I did pick 
Me too. Uh, New England, Pittsburgh, Atlanta, and New Orleans to move on. And, God, I, I just was reminded of this earlier today. Remember when Adrian Peterson was in New Orleans and that was a big deal? That was a team? bad memory. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? A lot of people forgot about that because it seems like a tale of two cities or a tale of two uh, uh, seasons, even with New Orleans when they started out 0-2 and before going on that run and discovering that they had something with Kamara and with Mark Ingram. But it, 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 that was the whole talk that whole week leading up. You know, what is AP going to do to, to his old squad? Blah, blah, blah. Now he gone. Now he in Arizona. Yeah. And, 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 mm-hmm. and the Saints were able to turn it around, and now they're in the playoffs going back mm-hmm. to uh, Minnesota to play. But the thing is, of course, all four of those teams, what they have in common, of course, is great quarterback play, along with the ability yeah. to play defense. Uh, uh, and... In, in all cases, actually, to run the ball as well. So that's that's the thing that I think well, that I'm actually saying. Uh, uh, the winner of these four games will have to have because they all have quality defense. They all yeah. have respectable run games. It's all going to come down to, of course, special teams and and quarterback play and who's going to end up having the better quarterback play between the two teams. And I'm going with the four teams that have the better quarterbacks. That's Tom Brady, uh, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Ryan, or Matty Ice. That's Dexter Manley's boy right there, Matty Ice. For those who haven't seen uh, Dexter Manley talking about Matt Ryan being better than Tom Brady, if you can't go to YouTube and watch that video, I swear it's going to be the funniest mm-hmm. thing you've seen in a long time. And, of course, you agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, it's going to be one hell of a weekend. I, I think, I think this is this is like revenge week. You know, yeah. Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, New Orleans, Minnesota. So it's going to be interesting. I just, I just want to see, I just want to see how Jacksonville responds in the ice cold in Pittsburgh, and uh, you know, same, same, same with Atlanta. You know what I mean? But I just, I'm keeping my eye on the drama in New England to see how it affects them. But I, I still think they're going to – I think they're going uh, to wreck some shadow on Tennessee. So, we'll see. But anyway, hey, man, thanks a lot for joining me, man. Sorry about Always. you last week. But uh, we – No problem. <laughs> I try to make it up to you, brother. <laughs> no need, man. I know it is what it is. So, you know, sometimes – I, I love hearing a different voice in my mind to, to, to see what someone else's perspective is, especially when it comes to a fan base, uh, to a fan and their team and, and, and doing that way. I, I couldn't have done it any better than than they could have, man. So I'm, I'm proud of them. And yeah, it was O.J. Great. Simpson being out there. There you go. All right, man. <laughs> Take care, brother. Peace out. Yeah, you too, man. That's hey. All right. That's my guy, Dwayne Nash. Please check him out on Sleepy Radio every Tuesday night here on Blog Radio as well as Sports Blog. The uh, RSS HBCU Sports, who asks about all things HBCU Sports. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. One thing I forgot to check this game in is like, right quick, it's like, how about the people in the state of Georgia? First, the Falcons born in 23 league. And now, and, and now, and, and now Georgia born a 13 nothing league, totally choking away in the second half. Ah, prayers go out to people instead of Georgia. But anyway, thank y'all for tuning in. This is Scott Burks with the Clown. I'll sign off. 
out 06. Good night.